0: Thank you so much. Praise the Lord. Uh, my name is Sergei Kunov, as already Jim told you. And I'm from Ukraine originally. I was born there, but now I re- live in Russia, St. Petersburg, this is the north of Russia, so-called cultural capital of Russia. And uh, uh, for many years, actually, I'm not from the Christian family. I became a Christian in 1993 in August. And I didn't become a Christian in the church. It was absolutely personal meeting, me and God. Amen. And uh, what can I say about this? Many people, uh, they talk a testimony about how they become believers. I would like to tell you what happened after that, because for me it's not less important than actually how I became a believer. And what happened that I realized that finally I have a seed in my heart. This is not my seed. This is something else that comes in me and starts to live inside of my heart. And all my life is nothing else but it's attempt to find this inner seat in my heart. And it's just the searching of this inner world and inner life And Jesus come, start in my soul. And all of these kind of questions, God, where are you? God, you already don't hear me. God, I'm sinner, that's why you don't hear me. And all of these questions. And during the year, I asked these questions. Maybe all of you asked this question in the same manner. And the answer was, I'm here. Where you are, <laughs> and all my exstation is always somewhere else. God is in my heart. I am not in my heart. All my is always somewhere in outward. It's I. All my life is just a reaction or something. I realise as soon as I realize I realise this problem for me. Maybe you also feel the same. It's like my boss called to me and said to write music for that. I did. Uh, Jim invited me. I came. Uh, he asked me to play. I did. Tomorrow I'm going to Colombia, and after Columbia, because I'm asked. All my life is a reaction on something. But what I want, and what I really all my heart wants to be, is just to find action that comes from my inner world, from that seat. And this is somehow the, the problem. Why I always try to reach God, and I don't feel Him. Because I'm not inside of me, where Jesus lives with me. And the second problem I discovered in my life, and you you understand what I mean, is that I'm always in the future. I never live in the present moment. I met Paul Thurston from Tennessee. He lived in Kiev for many years, and we worked together. And so I met him after three years. And he said, okay, I've got 40 minutes to do something. Please wait me outside, and then I will be free, and I will talk to you. I go. It was in Kiev. It was in May. I was waiting. Okay, 15 minutes passed. So... Now, 20 minutes passed, 25 minutes left. Suddenly, something obviously whispered in my ear. This is in May, this is a wonderful weather. Spring starts to blossom, and all these smells and fragments. You don't hear anything, you don't see anything. Your existation already in 25 minutes ahead. I'm not here. How can God speak to me if I am somewhere else? How can I have a relationship with him? And uh, that's why maybe people are afraid of death. Because they don't live now. And as soon as death came, the first thing it did, it just cut our future. And if we all in our future, it means... It cuts from our existation, and we are helpless. And we are scared. And suddenly we need to decide where we want to be. Jesus wants us to give a perfect life in this moment. I don't, I don't mean anything concerning our financial situation. or uh, I mean the perfect life in our heart, full satisfaction, art, prayer, spiritual word. It's all come from our action, from inside of our heart. and. I love to listen silence, you know, what I mean, how to be in the presence of God. I try to discover it for myself because I'm a person actually very emotional and all my life is very emotional. But as soon as I try to write a music, I always try to find a silence in my heart. And this is very difficult. And what I can say, this is the depth of our relationship can be defined by our ability. To be together for a long time and keep silence, not talking. If in order to keep our conversation, we always need to say something. it means our relationship is not deep enough. It's just on the surface. And I can, I can spend uh, hours in my room together with my wife, not saying a word. Why? Because I know her for many years. This year, by the way, it's 10 years since we've married. And for 10 years, and I know her very well. And I don't need to speak in order to keep our relationships. I can be silent. And this is the same what we have in our God. <laughs> we come to our prayer, we come to our inner world, and we try to say something. Because we think that we are not deep enough know God. And we try always to keep this conversation kind of talking, 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 and try to apologize for our sins, try to apologize for what we done yesterday, for we are not good enough, for something else we almost feel some kind of inferiority. Instead, just to come to God's presence, to keep silent and to be quiet and try to listen Him, because He speaks in our heart, obviously, as we are ready to hear Him. And this is what action of my life starts from. I will play a song for you. Uh... It's just kind of improvisation. I I'm not sure there's some certain song, my album. But I'll, maybe it will be helpful for you to hear the silence in your car. Just close your eyes and see. Don't think anything about nothing. Just close your eyes.
1: That was really good. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. We're going to let the children be dismissed for children's church, and Lord bless the children. I, I don't know about you guys, but I've really been enjoying this morning. <laughs> I think I had the same same sins that Sergio was talking about. Is sometimes you're always living in the future, you know, and uh, that is that is a there's nothing there. Not yet, anyway. <laughs> that was good, though. Okay, Lord, we just want to ask you right now... Everybody stand up. I want to ask you right now to speak to us, Lord. I um, believe that there's, that you want set, to set us free. Amen. Oh, Lord, we just uh, thank you. Thank you for the cross, Father. Thank you that it is a thing that not only happened in history, but it's something that's happening in our lives. Uh, Lord, thank you that you you are just as real now as the moment that you died on that cross. You are just as real now that the day we got saved, God. You are just as real. You are just as real. The day we we heard the good news. The day that salvation came, that you are still alive, and you want to make us more alive, God. Hallelujah. That you have come to set the captives free. Oh, God, set us free in Jesus' name. Set us free. Lord, set us free. We want to get free, Lord. We want to get free, God. We don't want freedom the way we would d- define freedom. We want freedom in Christ. Yeah. That's what we're saying. Lord, there's people in here that are in bondage. There's people in here that are bondage to, in sin. There's people that are in bondage through their own, own way of thinking to the world, to other people. Lord, we want to get free from that today. So we ask you today, Lord, we want the freedom in Jesus. Set us free. Uh, Holy Spirit, I'm asking you right now. I believe the word you want to say this morning is a word that is very uh, that will speak to people in an individual way. So I'm asking you, I want you to open your hearts up to the Lord and ask Him to speak to you. I want you to ask Him to bring as I'm as I'm sharing. I want you to ask Him to bring to your mind what this means to you, because I think there's there's you know there's general things, there's specific things that God wants to say. Areas of your life where He really wants to... Just ask Him to remind you of, of events in your life that would apply this message to you. Just ask Him to do that. And when He does that, remember it. And when the time comes, God wants to give you an opportunity to repent and or, or, or to get set free. Okay? So let's just do that right now. Well, we ask you to uh, make this personal... We ask you to speak to us on a, uh individual, in an individual way, Lord. Every person in this room, bring things to their mind, Lord, uh, that applies to what's going to be said, Lord. And Lord, I just ask you to help me say it uh, in a way that you know people can understand it. And it's got uh, your, your words, Lord. In Jesus' name, Amen. Okay. <clears throat> Open your Bibles to Galatians, chapter 5. I'm going to read verse 1. It's a great verse. It's a great verse. I really think the Lord wants to help us get back to who He wants us to be. Okay? Sometimes it's easy the Lord gave Becky a word recently, it's the word billabong. And, of course, you've seen that on t-shirts, kids wear that, that's a skateboard or something like that. But actually it's a real word, uh, it comes from Australia. Uh, and a billabong is this, it's a channel that comes off a river that dead ends. It's a channel that comes off a river that dead ends. And sometimes we get off the main river and we go down this channel and there's no, and it's dead ends. You know, you understand what I'm saying? There's nothing down there. And that just happens for different reasons in people's lives. But what God wants to do is get people back into the main flow of the Spirit. Back in the main, the main river. And take you down the little path He wants you. But He don't want to take you down a dead end. There's just stillness down there and pond scum and all that stuff. So God wants to, to do that. But let me read, uh, Galatians 5.1. Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty by which Christ has made us free, and do not be entangled again with a yoke of bondage. In other words, never again let anyone put a harness of slavery on you. That's what Paul was saying. Freedom is is the Lord's gift to us. And it really is his gift. That's why Jesus died is for freedom's sake, to set us free from bondages of sin and of, of those things that have no spiritual significance or value. But understanding that Paul said stand fast implies to us that our freedom in Christ is going to be attacked. Okay, that's what it implies. That's what it really means. It means that Satan is going to do whatever he can to get you in bondage, get me in bondage. And he will do anything to get you in bondage. And I'm not talking about just sin bondage. There is lots of bondages out there that Satan will get you into. Satan is not no idiot, okay? He's a sharp guy when it comes to putting people in bondage. Um, for the Galatians that Paul was writing to, their issue had to do with obeying the, the laws of Moses. Now, how many people in this room have a problem? You're tempted to obey the law of Moses. Raise your hand. There's you a couple of people that kind of get into that. But for a lot of people, that's not an issue. Okay, but it may be an issue for you. But I'll tell you something. He didn't write that just for them. That letter was not written for just the guys who were struggling, you know, a, you know, getting circumcised and all the stuff that the law required. He wrote that to us. God was speaking to us as much as He was speaking to those people. And what we had to do is we had to pull out of that into our life. Wherever it is, whatever area that you're suffering in, wherever area that you feel like you are getting in bondage, God wants to speak to you this morning, or whatever area you're in bondage. Are you with me? Okay. Galatians 2. Let's read verse 4 and 5. Just jumping in the middle of what? Paul was saying, uh, verse 4, "...and this occurred because of false brethren secretly brought in, who came in by stealth to spy out our liberty which we have in Christ Jesus, that they might bring us into bondage, to whom we did not yield submission even for an hour, that the truth of the gospel might continue with you." So nobody is going to willingly sell themselves into slavery, are they? Not willingly. Not even knowingly. Yet I believe I believe we're in slavery. I believe I'm in slavery. I believe you're in slavery. I believe we are. I really do. I believe that's why we have Galatians. In fact, if you think about Galatians, think about the gospel. Who did Jesus fight tooth and nail with? He fought with people who tried to enslave people. That's what Jesus did. He fought against legalism. Jesus went after legalism. Paul was going after legalism. They went after it and they fought because the Lord didn't come for us to fall back into legalism of any type. Whatever your legalism may be. Whatever it may be. Because it it enslaves you. And that's the whole point of it. And God wants to set us free. And I'll tell you something. When you begin to ask the Lord to show you areas of your life where you are in bondage, He will show you he will reveal to you. He will surprise you. You think you're free. You think freedom is better to come to church and do what you want to do or, or freedom is better to act the way you want in your house. None of that's freedom. None of that stuff is freedom. That's all a big deception. None of that, that's just all stuff people come up with. But there's a freedom that God has died for, to give us. And we're, we're enslaved. I want you to get that. I'm, we are, we are in bondage this morning. We're in bondage and God wants to set us free. He didn't die for us to be like we are. He didn't die for people to be all bound up where they can't—they feel like they have a dread on them to walk in a room. worried about what people are going to say. worried about if they're going to be received or not. He didn't die for you to look in the mirror and despise yourself. you hear what I'm saying to you? He didn't die because you are a person of a different race and you don't fit in with all the other races around you and you'd feel bad about that. You see what I'm saying? Those are bondages. He didn't die for a person because they don't have a good job and don't make as much money as their neighbor. Those are bondages. Those are bondages. And Jesus is, in Paul, they were, if they were here today, they would go to the mat over those issues with people. Wouldn't they? I think they would. Well, here's, this is it. Um, I want to give you some things out of Galatians that will indicate to you if you are suffering or being tempted or already are or maybe going to be or have been in the past or will be in the future have trouble with legalism. Okay? I'll give you some things just out of this book. Are you with me? And I believe as I'm telling you you'll find out that you are. Uh, verse eleven, chapter two. Verse 11 and 12. Now, when Peter had come to Antioch, I withstood him to his face because he was to be blamed. Now, you know, Peter was no lightweight to be blaming him for anything spiritually. For before certain men came from James, and that was, James represented the church at Jerusalem. James was the the leader of the church at Jerusalem. So these are men who came from Jerusalem down to Antioch. Remember, Antioch was the place where Paul and those guys were at. They were sent out from Antioch to go, you know, in, on the mission trips. I think Acts 13 is where, you know, in other words, the, <laughs> here's what happened. God used to move at Jerusalem powerfully. All of a sudden, God moved down to, to Antioch and was moving powerfully. So some guys from Jerusalem, which was sort of the mother church, came down to Antioch. Are you all with me? Just for just historical perspective. For before certain men came from James, he would eat with the Gentiles. In other words, he would eat, have bacon, lettuce, and tomato sandwiches. You know? (laughs) Or he would have ham and eggs. (laughs) Or pork chops. Or shrimp. Hot dogs. Non-kosher variety. (laughs) You know, that's what he was doing, hanging around these old Gentiles. But when they came, these guys from Jerusalem, he withdrew and separated himself, fearing those who were of the circumcision. So... Number one, I'm just going to use this term. Legalism is obsessed with people policing. Legalism is excess, excess obsessed with people policing. This is the doorway, I believe where people fall into bondage. It's through the pleasing of man. This is like the cheese on the mouse trap. You're going to bite that cheese. What people will say about you. What people will think about you. If you have ever thought about that, and if you have ever wondered about that, then that's like thinking about the cheese on the mousetrap. Should I go over there and grab hold of that piece of cheese? Okay? If you find yourself doing things to keep your reputa- reputation spotless and without blemish, Around all the people around you, whoever they may, whatever group they may be, or maybe the people from the outside, doesn't matter. If you find yourself doing that, if you withdraw from hanging around with certain people because they simply may look you may make you look bad, then you have an issue with pe- pleasing people, okay? And that's the doorway. That's where legalism comes into your life because that's exactly what Peter did. He was hanging around the Gentiles. In fact. He brought the gospel to the Gentiles in Acts 10 and, and went up to Jerusalem and defended his actions against people who were saying he, he did the wrong thing. I think Acts 15 is where he wound up doing all that. And now here he is withdrawing because he's worried about what these people are going to think about him. This is Peter doing this. This is what uh, Proverbs, listen to this. Proverbs 29, verse 25. The fear of man brings a snare. But whoever trusts in the Lord shall be safe. The fear of man brings a snare. I'm going to tell you something. It's a snare. The very people that you want to please may or may not be there tomorrow. You know? They may or may may not be there tomorrow. And what uh, the proverb was saying... Is a contrast there. If, if, if you're going to try to please people, and if that's really the issue in your heart, that you want to please people around you, then you can't trust the Lord. They just don't work together. He was giving us a contrast. You can't please people and trust the Lord, okay? Do you understand what I'm saying to you? You need to get that in your heart this morning. You cannot please people and trust the Lord. It's a snare. It'll keep you from being able to trust the Lord. Anybody ever in here suffered with that? Oh, man, I have suffered greatly in that in my life. Greatly. And it's, it is wicked. It is from hell. Pleasing people is from hell. And that doesn't mean you don't be nice to people and all that stuff. I'm talking about when you put people in what people think. When I first came to, to Mooresville, I am just going to slap old Mooresville real upside the head. I've said it before. That was one of the things I feel like the Lord showed me is that people in Mooresville are obsessed with pleasing each other and looking good in front of each other. They're obsessed with it. And I was sitting there telling the Lord that, and you know what the Lord said to me? Well, you are too. (laughs) I found out I was no different than the people in Morrisville. That I was not a bit different. That I had issues in my heart where I wanted people to be pleased. And, And honestly, I had this issue where I really didn't trust the Lord... And I wonder, why don't I really trust you, Lord? Because you know what? You never really know about trusting the Lord until you put in a situation where you have to trust Him. You hear what I'm saying to you? It's easy to say, oh, I trust the Lord. I trust the Lord that the sun's going to shine. You know? I trust the Lord I'm going to be able to get up out of the bed every day and be able to function until you can't. You hear what I'm saying to you? Oh, it's so easy and trite to say we trust the Lord until you're put in a situation where you really do have to trust Him. Then you find out where your trust really is. And I'll just pray this, that God wouldn't, that you wouldn't have to be put in that situation where you really do have to trust Him and you find out you really don't. You hear me? Because when you find out you really don't, you know, you really have to repent. And God has mercy on you. And he helps you. But you know what? He wants to show you. And I'm, just, I'm trying to help you this morning where you wanted to go. there. I'm just trying to tell you. The reason I didn't trust the Lord ultimately is I was so interested in pleasing people. In my life that I couldn't trust him, so that's the first step. But it go it doesn't stop there. Are y'all with me? Yeah. Pleasing people is the doorway. Jesus, this is what Jesus said about Pharisees. But all their works they do to be seen by men. Everything they do, they just want them, for people to see what they're doing so people will like them. That's Matthew twenty three, verse five. Verse thirteen, Galatians two. This is step point number two. And the rest of the Jews also played the hypocrite with him, so that even Barnabas was carried away with their hypocrisy. Legalism legalism leads to hypocrisy. Okay, let me read a good definition of hypocrisy. <clears throat> hypocrisy is living a false life in order to please others... Don't stop there. We're going to the next level. Because this is where it takes you. If you're trying to please people, you're not going to stop there. (laughs) Okay? That's the doorway. You're going to go into the room. In order to please others and receive praise from them. That's what hypocrisy is. It's living a false life in order to please others and receive praise from them. Now, here's the
2: thing.